Benjamin, I don't see what the problem is. Edwin Wasinga never killed anybody. Not personally, anyway. I already told you which senators to call. Get FaceTime if you can. Do I have to fly out there and do this myself? I thought not. Black bear me when things start to tip. Full court press is on. I kind of wish I was out there. Cash in a few favors, watch the hill fall in line. You really want to be cashing in favors for this guy? He says himself he's dirty. Oh, he's worse than dirty. He's practically a mass murderer. So why are we wasting our time with him? Somebody might come along who actually deserves our help, Matthew. He's a 4400. Guilty or not, he's a part of what we're doing. They gave him that ability for a reason. And I doubt it has anything to do with being executed in Rwanda. So let's say he didn't come back with an ability. Would we still be fighting the good fight on his behalf? You're the boss. You tell me. All right, y'all. Welcome to A Light in the Sky. Of course, your premier place for the... 4400 review. I am one of your co-hosts, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Black Nerd, and I'm joined today like I am every week. Y'all already know. Go ahead. Hey, what's up? Is Robert the co-host of A Light in the Sky and it's late, but we're about to do this. We're about to do this. Right, right, right. Yeah, we bring it to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we sacrifice for y'all. It is pretty late. <laughs> no, so okay. I just want to get a lot of this out the way right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, when you're listening, use the hashtag AL4400, a light 4400. Um, live tweet with us when you're listening to the episode. Uh, Carefree Blurred is my handle. Um, uh, what's your, your Twitter? Your Twitter handle, uh, Rob? On my end, it's uh, SYN. C-H-R-K-J. Oh. It's a Sync R-K-J. All right. Shout out to Generation X. Of course, that will be in the show notes if you guys didn't catch that. But I have to get this off my chest right now. Fuck Tom. Uh, <laughs> I have very strong thoughts and feelings about this episode. And um, I will say that this episode of 4400... Feels a lot like House of X issue three. I'll say that much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I have feelings. So that's that's my intro. <laughs> do, do you uh, have any any uh, opening thoughts or feelings about episode nine rebirth? So I kind of figured within the course of one episode that they were about to <laughs> take all that goodwill. Yeah. And good favor. Um. That had been built, you know, mm-hmm. with Tom for you, yeah, and uh, completely dashed that shit into the ground. I was just like, okay, so you pissed off about what happened in Rwanda, but you, you, you hey. ain't no problem with like 300, 400 years of that shit. Yo, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Needless to say, Tom is a bitch, and I have more thoughts on him. I, I have never connected so much with Diana in my life I don't know if the writers thought this was intentional if this was intentional or if they thought yeah we gonna play devil's advocate or if they genuinely thought that Tom was right I don't know but I know fuck him team Diana all day yeah Yeah. okay so in episode 9 Tom and Diana investigate Edwin Mayuya 
I believe I'm saying it right, M-A-Y-U-Y-A. A4400 who has the ability to heal damaged fetal chromosomes while in utero. Okay. That's all they gave us. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this episode. I really did. I Honestly, you know how I really love Life Interrupted. Like, that's my favorite yeah. hands down. This is a very close second. This would okay. be because I feel like, though I do not like Tom, this episode gave us moving the plot forward on so many different fronts that I yeah. feel like is a payoff from watching for so long. So I'm um I I think this is my close second. Yeah. It, it um you know it's 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 interesting because one of the themes that I got is what well, from this episode was dealing with your demons. Yeah. So and so then you had the in this case, you know, in the case of uh, Edwin you know, dealing with the demons of what had happened in the past. And remember, you were asking for for somebody from an African nation to be represented. Oh, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, in the, in the worst way. Be careful and, what you ask for, because, boy. Exactly. And then on the other side, you had Richard dealing with his demons of, you know, the segregationist, you know, military. Mm-hmm. You know, that, what he had dealt with. So it, it's kind of interesting that, um, yeah, like I said, that you know, that's the thing that I picked up on is just like you know, you know, like I said, dealing with your demons or you know, the past will come back and mm-hmm. bite you in the ass. Yeah, and it's you know, it's up, it's up to you to figure out how to handle it. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. I, and even I with agree. Sean and his, pa- actually Sean and his family. So yeah, it was like kind of reconciling. Yeah, and Kyle too and his demons. Oh no, I yeah. think you hit the nail on the head with that dealing with your demons. And your past coming to bite you, bite you in the ass. Yeah, this was yeah. that was really what this episode was about. And, and I don't know if it's just they've been doing it for so long, so they're improving. If the acting is just getting better, we're more comfortable around each other. So it's I don't know what it is, but I honestly feel like this episode was some of the best acting overall. And I say that not based off of the acting ability, even though it's it's kind of weird to say that. I say it based off of, I think this episode did a good job at making this world believable in a way that some of the earlier episodes did not. Right, right. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I fall on that. Um, so, okay, so we open up with Kyle um, in bed, pounding on the door. Tom is like... Get up, we gotta go. Which I'm, a, I, I don't know, I'm like, when did y'all start riding together? But that's neither here nor there. Um, Kyle opens the door, and Tom is standing there, like, come on, we gotta get ready for school. It's almost, it's already eight fifty. Uh, you gotta go to school at nine on Tuesday. Like it, it was, it, it, I, it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I enjoyed the scene that was set up. Um, I do. I also enjoy what's. Alana, she isn't featured in this episode, which I was kind of upset about, but then I'm like, she would have just gotten in the way, I feel. So, explaining her absence, um, I, I'm, I'm willing to accept that. She's in the Bahamas buying artwork for her gallery. So, all in all, I thought it was a solid scene. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. 
I thought it was good. It was just, you know, something to show the normalcy of, you know, kind of a typical day, but then also, um, you know, Kyle is once again still going through it, you know, so that's that's one of the big things. But yeah, it's just like, because I, I don't know if it was the last episode in Carrier or if it was the episode before Life Interrupted, but, you know, they put out that Wanted poster, yeah. so you Things are things are getting crucial, yeah. And he's he's starting to freak out. So one of the things that I do like is that they show a kind of de- a development of him like losing it. Yeah, you know, he's you know he's realizing what he possibly did or what he did, and he's so it hasn't been just like one episode and he was like oh shit you know yeah. it's been like two or three episodes that we've seen this, and this is first of all it's good storytelling it's good pacing yes yes right? and you get a chance to see this kind of uh, I guess reach its uh, climax you know the climax so mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that I mean it was just a few minutes but I, I thought it kind of did a good job of just showing that when well, he forgot the phone call he forgot to give the message to his father he, he didn't wake up on time for school yeah and he he's leaving towels and you know it's just it's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. so yeah, and I even I was even okay with Tom being upset because of I have to remember the time period that this show was made. So um, Tom made the comment of you know, dang it, uh, Kyle, it's only a twenty minute window that I'm up and that Alana's up that we're able to actually talk. So next time, leave him like pre life interrupted. I would have been like, what the hell is his problem? But I get it. I get the. We got cell phones, but we're on Blackberries and not iPhones. There's pay phones everywhere. There's answer. This is a different time, so I was okay with Tom's anger too, or frustration rather. So yeah, right. solid, solid scene. Um, so yeah, so just as a kind of a, a recap or a bring you up to speed, we do have a wanted picture of Kyle's face with a hoodie on by the janitor who never speaks a word we just see him in montages but he saw Kyle shoot Jordan Collier a few episodes ago so that's where this spiraling out of control comes from um okay so then we go to the next scene which is the 4400 center and there's Richard played by Mahershala Ali Cottonmouth and he's speaking to a guy Ben an older white man um who he knew 50 years ago in the war um yeah and he's come to give him the news that one of their friends or buddies or soldier mates i haven't been in the army uh fellow soldiers that's it right yeah yeah that, yeah, we're, we're, that he's yeah one of Fellow soldiers. Yeah, and their infantry. I don't know. I, I go push it. Um, that one of them has died. Now, I'm willing to accept the story because they're giving us these stories of the week. But then I'm also like, why are you just now coming to speak to me? Mm-hmm. I know the guy has died and that prompted you to speak. But I've been back for quite some time. But I, I'm going to leave it alone. So he, he tells them about the guy that passed and about when the last time they saw each other and um whatever the guy's name his his funeral is coming up and I'd love to see you there there's mention of a guy named Lee who is clearly kind of the big bad or the antagonist in this situation and then we yeah. flash back to Richard's abduction by the aliens 
I liked it. Again, we're on a roll. I like this scene. Yeah. <laughs> it was to the point. Um, what what are you thinking with Ben and, and uh and Richard and their little reunion there? I mean, it's you know, part of part of the reason why I think it took so long for him, he, he and any of his any of the other, you know, soldiers that he came up with, um, to even reach out to him is they were embarrassed. Okay. You know, they were embarrassed because they, even though they didn't, the only person who seems like stepped up was the guy who died. And okay. I kind of missed, I hate the fact that this is the only mention that we we had, that there was somebody who actually stepped mm-hmm. up for, you know, for uh, Richard, yeah. you know, when he was in, you know, in the position that he was in or, you know, the plight. But then also, you have, I think it's like five or six of them, and you know, I think Richard mentions at a point when he's talking to Lee, you know, jumping ahead, mm-hmm. that you know they were falling over themselves to apologize. You know, to, to apologize. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that uh, the death of the one person had actually treated him with some yeah. respect, because like Lee at one point says, you know, I never liked uh, whatever the guy says, like Milton or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. Says. Like I didn't like his politics, and it seems like that you know the guy who had passed away was probably more progressive. Yeah. It was just like not on some fuck shit when it came to being racist. So, mm-hmm. um, or being a white man in, in the fifties. Yeah. Know, I think this is around the time of the Korean war and, or at least when we, you know, we were stationed out there. So anyways, mm-hmm. but, um, so yeah, there's, there's a bit of embarrassment and there's a bit of sadness on this guy, you know, with this guy who, you know, I think of it like this. You remember Biff Tannen? Yeah. From Back to the Future, you mm-hmm. remember how, like, in every time period, he always had, like, the two or three bullies and yeah. around him. And in one case, it was Billy Zane in a couple cases. <laughs> <laughs> That's who this guy is to me. Yeah, so, okay, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I like that we get a chance to see Richard connect with some other aspect of his past. Yeah. it doesn't happen a lot. Right. And I agree. And I yeah. really like that they took it back. To the action, because we remember we got the I believe Hispanic guy in uh, at the little like prairie town or whatever, but we got the actual last people that Richard saw before he was abducted, like a callback to not even just season one, but like the opening credits of season one. Like we got that I, I, I something there's something about that that feels very comic bookish to me, almost like. One creative team had a story, and then now a new creative team has it, and they want to make callbacks to another to the previous run. If yeah. that's make like, because it's that's something you could have just let them guys beat him up and that be that. But to bring in this story, this kind of redemption story, and it be the exact people who who kind of roughed him up in the beginning for dealing with that white woman, when even though it never comes out. Little do they know, he has a whole white woman now in this what is it, two thousand one ish era. So I, I, I like, I like that. I did, I did yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he got beat down uh, for being in love with a white woman, and the the fact that they were so upset that you you crossed the line with that when like you were a good Negro until you did that one thing. But yeah, ah, that that's that. Um, so we move right along to a hospital. 
and this is where I start having feelings. More feelings about this episode. What is this man's name? Is this Hill? What is his name? The actor who plays Edwin. Um, yeah, well, how did I? Well, I can never get his last name, but his accent. How did you feel about his accent? I, uh, it's like I told my wife, you have to talk real low. Yeah, and sound like you're from Wakanda. So yes. no, I, um, I don't know. It wasn't. He's very soft spoken, so that's I, it. That's the one thing that stands out. Yeah. Outside of that, it just sounds like a generic. Yeah. I mean, at least, yeah, generic, like, you know, the African continent, you know. And I don't, I can't even say, like, this is a Rwandan accent. Yeah. I don't, because I, to be honest with you, I don't know what specifically that accent sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Neither me. Yeah. Because I, I know Hill Harper is American. Is As hell. American. American is the south side of Chicago. Hell. Exactly. He, like, if there's a movie there's a movie that I'm not gonna say what he says in the movie because it's very inappropriate. Okay. Um but it's uh oh god, it's a um it's it was along the line of Love jo- oh no, Half Plenty. He was oh, in this god. movie called Half Plenty and yeah. he plays a skeevy, you know, player play a guy and there and I walk and if I wanna irritate my wife irritate my wife I just say that line and she's like you just shut up um, but, that's, <laughs> but he, he's a good actor I think he's also like a social activist yeah so he's he's done a lot he has a long career so he's actually one of the notable faces that I've seen right. in this series yeah. yeah 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 I um I enjoyed him and his performance but it felt very hey American do an African accent yeah. um I of course I'm not um, I, I'm American African American uh, it may be but American so for me I know that he sounds generic but with me not being from Africa I don't know maybe how comical it is um, for me as an American he he played the part he I was convinced in the watching of this episode that he was an African and just like I for the story I accepted it I wonder how he sounds to someone who's actually from Rwanda or any Caribbean or Africa any place with an accent I want to know what does he sound like to them because I felt like with him talking soft and low it was maybe easier to accept his accent versus if um he was like bilingual or something but um yeah, so this is where I get the feels. He is a doctor. This is Dr. Edwin. And I do want to point out that the first couple we see him with where he's saving their baby, that they're a white couple. And it's not just because, oh, I want to discuss race, but I think when we get to the plot twist of what the issue with him is, the fact that these are the babies that you're saving as to kind of make amends or atone for the things you've done doesn't seem to correlate for me um now saving babies is cool that's fine and great but because this seems to be so specific to a black thing the fact that every baby you seem to have saved was well not everyone the one we see on screen is a white family that stuck out to me yeah and I can say, yeah, I can, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, the, so the, yeah, the, the way that whole scene kind of plays out is it, with the doctor, 
um, I, I don't want to say it's problematic, but she was kind of getting in his ass. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't necessarily like how she kind of approached him about it. Mm-hmm. Because this is essentially a miracle. But the other part of this is, you know, your abilities are untested. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's just saying, like, you and I, it's just kind of like you're using them a lot. You know, you're using them a lot. But mm-hmm. um, I... And, and maybe there, maybe it, I don't want to say he needed to be checked, but I think he needed to be like, hey, you know, maybe we, you know, if it had been me, I would have been like, you know, maybe I should go and talk to somebody about this, <laughs> so yeah. I can trust, because there's a chance that if I try to do, you know, A, then B is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think when we open up, when we go into why he's doing, you know, basically what his background yeah. is, he's he's like, this is me, this is my chance to atone for the what mm-hmm. I've done in the past. Yeah, but even that was like, oh, this is very magical Negro to me, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, there's something else I wanted to also, I'm trying to wait till we get to the point in here. Um, You know, part of it surrounds Tom's reaction, and we already already touched on that. Yes. He's quite upset about this, but mm. I'm just like, I, I need him to like mm. be this adamant about how shitty this country has been mm. to people who mm. look like him. But mm. you know, it was weird. Like this is just this kind of high horse thing, and I think they were focused on well, Tom is all about justice and equality nope. for the justice. And Fuck I was just like, uh, that ain't okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <sighs> even though I like this episode, there were a couple of things, and even the whole thing of. Richard having to deal with these guys because Bro. I'm just being honest, man. Yes, I went that you know, fuck y'all. <laughs> he just like man, they, yeah, I can are. tell this. There's there's a, a white presence in the writers' room, and it's okay. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, let me just. Jump. I'm gonna go ahead and jump ahead. So the <laughs> you good? The guy. This. This story, this script was written, and I made sure I went to go and look. Was written a year after Hotel Rwanda. I figured. I figured. I figured. It's one of those things where I'm pretty sure the writers, they were in the writers' room, and they said, "Hey, check this out. (laughs) I saw this movie called Hotel Rwanda. Mm -hmm. Don Cheeto. I remember seeing him in a Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He has come up. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Um." But guess what? We can make this. There's a new word going around Hollywood. <laughs> Early right. 2000s. Rwanda. Diversity. Yeah. And um, so you know, it's it's, and I don't, and that's a common practice that if there's something very in the moment or very hot, yeah, you know, things are going to bite off of it. I mean, one of my favorite shows Lama? made a habit of it. Sliders. Okay. Like sliders. That they would literally take the blockbuster of the year and make an episode surrounding it. So it doesn't surprise me that this is the case but this probably would have been the case where you needed to bring somebody of color yes. into the writer's room God. and yeah there, there's just a couple of things and I think like an episode like this written now and I'm not saying you can't write about because this is something that you had asked for you wanted to, like, <laughs> one of those people in the background to have you know from you yeah. know, obviously African garb you know, to have their stories told, and rather than telling a typical Amer- another American story, they decided to do this, which you know, I'm I'm okay with. But you could tell that 
the gaze on this mm-hmm. if it was written out like I if I wrote this episode shit like um Richard would have been like oh, okay my, the only friend that I had died okay I'm good right <laughs> why am I at this funeral fuck all yeah, y'all like, like yeah. why am I having drinks with this I mean that was said, weird Go yeah on. and another part of that is you know he could have people could say well you know he still saw these guys as his um, you mm-hmm. know, fellow brethren, even mm-hmm. though they treated him like shit because nah. he really wanted to break. He want, you know, every black person is not the same. Yeah, that's, true. You know, it's, it's, you know and and, I, and that's what I had to accept. But I kept putting myself into his position, and maybe that wasn't good. But yeah, that that's those are those are kind of my problematic areas, and we can kind of touch on them as we as we kind of mm-hmm. move further along. So yeah, but I'm sorry for jumping off. No, the no, place. that's fine because I I feel the same way. Because and I'll even say to piggyback off that I was very nervous the entire time that they were discussing their private celebration. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, come back for drinks. It felt for me it was very I don't want to say triggering, but I was anxious. Like I was literally fearful for him. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Um yeah all in all this is again I do like this episode but like you said I can tell that there was not a lot of color in the writers room because some of this yeah was terrifying um you said terrifying yes it was it, it's just the handling was off yeah um the next thing we get is Kyle at the building that he um shot uh, Collier from so it's like late at night and he's having this like I don't know breakdown this this he is putting the pieces back together and one thing I like that kind of snuck up on me is that all of his blackouts I, I okay let me say this I understood that he was remembering what happened but until he said I remember like out of his mouth I can't explain what exactly it is, but knowing that now he's has all of the memories from all these times he blocked out, it I don't know I don't know that I know how to explain it, but though I intellectually understood what I was watching, it wasn't until he said the words that it clicked for me that oh he is really like reliving vivid memories of the things he did while he was blacked out. Right. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 what he's doing. Uh, yeah. Oh, and the janitor. Okay, that I completely forgot. So the janitor saw him. I don't know that the janitor recognized him, but he beat on the door, and Kyle was out of there. Like, yeah, he got a ghost. Um, it. The other thing is, uh, for me, because. The building looked way taller than it did before. Yes. Like, I, you know, that that was obvious. Like, they filmed this at a different location. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing that kind of stood out for me as far as the scene. Um, it, it just, you know, the guy saw his face and then Kyle ran away. And then we get to the credits. So, you know, Kyle does not know how to commit a crime. <laughs> he told that. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess according to I'm I'm watching Mindhunter right now, and apparently serial serial killers do like to go back to the Just scene of the crime. crime. So yes, yes. Maybe maybe that's uh, what's happening in this case. But um, no, nah, then he runs away, and we get the you know the credits per usual as usual. So mm-hmm. 
but yeah um so i'm trying to think after that um i think they're back at intact yeah yeah intact and jarvis first of all they're looking through i guess um files or paperwork about possible suspects they're still investigating collier's murder Mm -hmm. and then jarvis gives them you know the case of the week um with um focusing on edwin yeah apparently there's been some internet chatter about um 4400 who is helping you know children in utero Mm -hmm. to who who has been diagnosed with uh genetic and i don't want to call them defects but i I mean i guess that's what you call them like genetic deficiencies or defects yeah and um she tells them to go investigate you know do what they do Mm mm-hmm yeah, but, um, they're not for that. What time, man? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. But, yeah, and I think they um, so they go go ahead and do that, and I think the scene right after that is um, the forty four hundred. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, the forty four hundred center. I'll let you take this because I I got some thoughts on this. Yeah. So, and, and that one thing I do like about this episode is that editing the way they cut this scene. Yeah. So Jarvis does tell them that she gives him the file. With Hill Harper's headshot on it, they discuss. It's like she starts a sentence, and then what's the guy named Matthew who take over Jordan's position? Um, he picks up the conversation, and that is him talking to um, um, Sean at the forty four hundred center. And I like, I really like their relationship because before we got Collier and Sean, and it's more or less father son mentor mentee whereas this and i'm, I'm just call him matthew because i think that's his name but this that's new guy hmm? that's his name yeah so matthew's relationship is more of an alfred batman but in the sense that it's alfred who has all the power and batman who's the pawn i hope mm, mm, whatever that's it's, it's a different dynamic um yeah. where he's kind of leading him from behind um and so he's like i need you to talk to your mother and again moving the plot forward in a significant way because i never even thought up until this point that i never even cared about sean's family honestly past Tom. And for this man to suggest speaking with your family and to do it in such a Shonda Rhimes, um, Olivia Pope type of way where get out in front of this because people are going to think that because you don't have a relationship with your family that just like a cult, you don't want 4400 to have a relationship with their family. Like it was so much going on in this scene that I really enjoyed um, that just moved the plot forward. Uh, so we do know that there is another 4,400 who can heal. And I like that Matthew says, yeah, there's another one, but you're still the top dog or big dog or something. Um, it, it was just like a lot of lot of uh, sentences, um, lines in this scene that I enjoyed. And the last one that I liked the most was when Matthew wrote down a number on a piece of paper, uh, left it on the desk and said, here's your mother's phone number in case you forgot and walked out. That was so impactful for me. The shade. shade. (laughs) Right. Like, first of all, who it it firmly planted him in a space where I can accept him being Matthew. Because before, yeah, you showed up and you're doing your it's handled Olivia Pope thing. Yeah. But 
I don't know if it's just because I'm used to seeing you now or if this was really good episode for you, but Matthew, for me in this episode, now is a staple of the 4400 show for me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I mean, one of the things that I like, you know, because they touch on him being, he was a lobbyist. Okay. You know, for, uh, for Jordan before, you know, before Jordan died. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, you have to, you got to have a certain sense of wheeling and dealing mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, what you say, walking the, the halls of D.C. and trying to, you know, represent your people, represent yeah. your clients. Um, and he says at one point that the reason, the main reason he wants him to, he wants Sean to get in touch with his family again. He, you know, he doesn't care about love. Right. He he wants him to do it because he he wants the good PR, and he wants them to be pushed away from the cult, you know, heading. Yeah. You know, he knows that they lose whatever legitimacy if they keep being seen as you know a, a, on the fringes, you know, cult. Yeah. Organization. So I like the fact that he's he's like, no, you gotta, we gotta make sure that these people don't have any type of dirt that they can yeah pull up on you. So mm-hmm. I, I I really like that because it seems like Same. he's very strategic. He you know cagey, mm-hmm. um, and then he and then but the little the final moment is of him you know dropping a phone number, and I was like, shit, that was that's baller. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I think he brings something, I realize, I know that I love true crime, but I think that I really like political stuff as well, and yeah. when I say political, not just House of Cards, but like even Game of Thrones, that was a very political show, so I think yeah. he brings that element to the 4400 where Jordan didn't, Jordan gave me very much Magneto, Mutants for All, where Matthew was giving me like I said before, some Olivia Pope backroom political dealings that we haven't gotten before because Collier was always about the people, so to speak. Where now this man, Matthew, is like, no, yeah, I'm for the people, but I don't even believe in this shit. So I'm going to do what I have to do on the back end, and we're getting a taste of that from someone in in, in a position of power that we didn't, I don't think we got before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Matt. I, he he ain't my favorite this week, but I'm a fan of his. Um, yeah. so we go to this weird ass funeral, um, for Miles, whatever the man's mm-hmm. name is, and Richard is standing around with his. Which where did he get this hat from? Um, because he didn't return with that hat. I don't know. Whatever his army hat. With his yeah, army buddies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're just standing around talking about the good old days and how Milt was. He was a great guy. So they talk about going down to a place called Chauncey so they can celebrate his memory, private, not privately, but like in their own way. Um, yeah. And I like the the way they play with time here because I think they say like, "Oh, the good old days." And Richard says something to the effect of, "The good old days was just last year for me." And they're like, oh, yeah, we can catch you up. Now, again, this is why I said the writer's room have to be all white. Because this scene, I'm sure, reads very differently to a white person or someone who doesn't understand the black experience. When they discuss, oh, let's go back for drinks, our own private, whatever, it felt very much like we're putting on a facade to lure this man in the space to harm him. 
So that's why I was very anxious watching this scene because I just knew they were going to do something to him. Like the fact that Lee wasn't there, I felt like that was a way to like lower his guard to get him there. It, it, I just I didn't think this was pure. I didn't think this was innocent. It could be just me, but I didn't read this scene as a nice, wholesome scene. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things. <laughs> uh, I kind of like seeing him with people his age. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it necessarily should have been these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is when they said something to the effect of, um, see me, I would have made this shit as awkward as possible. Yes. You know, they, yes. they said, hey, oh, you remember the good old days? I'm like, yeah, when you used to beat my ass? Yeah. <laughs> you know, with a laugh. And um, the, you know, it's, it. it I guess the, um, seeing him, and that's another part of seeing him with people his age, mm-hmm. I, you know, him being dressed in the, Mm-hmm. Not even the complete military garb, you know, just having that hat, mm-hmm. uh, just you know, it's just another reminder of like this is what his life used to be. Yeah. But the biggest thing is, I don't even remember. I mean, I know Richard mentions it at the end that they were falling all over him themselves to apologize. I think that stuff should have happened on screen because this yeah, scene. I didn't remember. To, mm-hmm. It seemed too cool. It seemed too yeah. like laid back and like you know he, he. They were talking to him as if nothing had happened, and At I all. think the only time he mentions it, they mention it is when you know somebody says you know we're we're I get maybe they do apologize, but one of them says something to the effect of like we we feel pretty bad about what happened and mm-hmm. that and this mm-hmm. and that. You know, it's just it, it, it you know there's something deeper or something more that could have been mined yeah. you know, from this moment because like in that flashback ain't nobody stepping in to stop it. Yeah. Like that's you know, the right around, you know, looking as my, the way I kinda see it is um if your ass was at the lynch mob yeah um you know standing around the tree with the picnic basket or whatever and then at a moment you felt like oh shit this is fucked up. You you shouldn't have been there in the first place. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have been in the first place or you should have spoke up, and none yeah. of them spoke up in that scene. And they see the only person who spoke up is dead, and I don't think he even spoke up in that scene. No, he didn't. That's a retcon because there's no way. And the other thing for me is, even if Richard is so excited to not only be around people his own age, but people he knew personally, you've been through so much since you've been back that I think. A reunion with them would have given you pause. You have a supernatural baby that's been fighting on you and your wife's behalf since before it was born. You've seen so many things going cross country. And this isn't the first group of people or the first people you've just you've talked to who are from that time. Because remember the Indian or Latino Latino man from the small town. Like you knew him back in the day. So it's not like you're yearning for correspondence with these people, it may be familiar and fun, but I feel like he would be a bit more kind of hypersensitive to the situation before just blindly going in to have drinks with these people. Right. right. Mm. And then something the guy said, jumping ahead, while it's on my mind, 
about, yeah, do we have to talk about that? Can we just let it all be? Like, that's like saying, oh, we got to talk about race or why you got to always bring up this. It's like the oppressor can't be the one to decide what makes that person oppressed. You can't beat this man's ass at the beginning of season one, then he disappeared, then come back into his life because he didn't seek them out. Come back into his life and then say, "Oh, we well, let's just let bygones be bygones." That's not. That's why said, this had to be written by a white team because there's no way that that would have been acceptable to any yeah. marginalized group, no matter who you are. That exchange was very privileged. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, and that that's yeah that that you took the words right out of my mouth because mm-hmm. you know there's um for him to not have a chance at least in the script to say something in response you know it could have even been like the whole episode could not did not have to just necessarily surround him mm-hmm. you know being like you know having his we shall overcome moment right right it could have been something where he could have checked them and I don't care how old you are mm-hmm. like if you did some shitty stuff in the past you did some shitty stuff in the past that's mm-hmm. just you know that you you are that you were that person maybe yeah. you got him beyond that but still you know like like for Richard this was that was five weeks ago yeah or that was a few that was that was just a couple of years ago so yeah it just so that for them to not be able to have one line or two lines of him checking the table of white privilege um was a that's a problem. Yeah, you know, that's a problem. And I did look up the writer for the episode, but we're gonna keep it moving because we're trying to keep it positive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so we move on to uh, Diana and Tom at the hospital with Hill Harper. Oh, excuse me, with Edwin uh, discussing <laughs> his ability. And this, to me, is very okay. I'm, I've signed up for the show. I'm enjoying watching the show, but. Intact sending them out to investigate these people feels very predatory to me um, because one, like Edwin said, I check in when I'm supposed to. I do what you all have told me I have to do. So because I've developed this ability, understood that that's probably something he should have told them. But at the same time, even though he, his character doesn't know this, every time somebody black is dealt with on this show, it does not end well. What happened to the the black Jean Grey, black male Jean Grey? We haven't seen him since. And Intec has been sending these people out to investigate stuff. But the people who are, quote unquote, the victims who've been abducted, they get the short end of the stick. So this, I don't like this. I don't like this. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the situation at all. I don't like it. You starting to see a pattern. There you go. Yeah, and um, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. There's a pattern that's popping up, and it, I, I think it, it I, it's probably gonna lead somewhere. I mean, it's gonna lead somewhere. Okay. Um, but the other part of this is, I think once, okay, so on one level, you have these people who came back in the ball of light. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. That's the first step. Second step is like, oh, they've been sent back from the past to, you know, help the earth not reach a you know some big calamity and like okay that's another thing that's even weirder the third part is they got superpowers mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the third right part. so and so with every revelation and i think the abilities are probably maybe that maybe that was a capping point <laughs> or whatever but 
I'm surprised that they don't have these people under surveillance that, 24-7. Yeah, because, yeah. And I'm not saying that would be good for the government to do, but it, it surprises me that, yeah, like I said, it, it's weird to me that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So them going out, and the only reason they went to visit him is because some people on the internet was talking-ish. Yeah. You know, one plus one each two equals two. So that's the only reason they they really ever come out is when things reach kind of like a fevered pitch. So yeah. one case was, you know, Jean Grey was Gary Navarro. Then you had the teacher who they felt was mm-hmm. messing with the kids. And then you had the lady who just had the, you know, she was a carrier of a disease. Mm-hmm. And, then you, and so it's, it's always when something hits that fever yeah. like you know that now i mean if he had just kept it to like a baby a month mm-hmm. you know but he's just like he's just going through right every baby yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm saying you gotta space this out yeah and I, I would hate to i mean if that was me you know like you know they would not visit me at I all do, i would work my miracles in one hospital yeah and then go to another one like yeah. but you know that's but that's the only re- that's the only time that they send them out and you know, it could have been like some X Men mutant thing mm-hmm. where they put them in the mutant camps. Yeah, like I'm surprised that shit ain't happened. What so. is that future 2080 with Bishop and Shard? Yeah. With the yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's probably, yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, 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 it's, it's crazy. And then they one guy turned out to be a serial killer. So it's just like and yeah, they got him he's in a Magneto um, <laughs> <laughs> setup. So. Yeah, but nah, that, um, I'm not surprised. Mm. I'm not surprised. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, and I don't like it, whatever, I don't know, whatever, I don't like it. Okay. So, um, Edwin is asking for his privacy, and even that, again, why I say this was written by a white, um, team is because on the flip side, where the Richard with the white men and the let's go out for drinks, probably was intended to be just this happy bonding thing to me i felt nervous and anxious on the flip side with this scene where he's constantly asking for his privacy i'm sure that was written because this is the second time it's come up in this episode and we're only about i don't know a quarter of the way in i that was fine for me because i'm thinking as a black man yes you want your privacy because once people start looking into you and you're now plastered on these billboards and stuff nothing good is going to come your way but for the writers i'm sure that was supposed to be like aha maybe there's something wrong there it wasn't until the actual plot twist came out that i was like not on board with him having his privacy i was like yeah why can't he be private like why can't he do this in private um yeah so there's that um yeah so well, the, and then the other part this is the first time that they mentioned that he fled the Rwandan genocide. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so they, I think it was like two years before. Yeah. He was abducted. 96. Um, hmm. You know, the, the genocide happened in Rwanda. So he, um, and I think he, he mentions that he, he was blessed or he was fortunate to get asylum in the U.S. So that, yeah. this is the first time that that's mentioned. Yeah, uh, and I, I enjoyed that as well. Now, I don't know much about the uh, Rwandan conflict. I know I, me, we owned Hotel Rwanda on VHS, uh, the bootleg copy, and the regular, I think, on DVD, but I never watched it. So, forgive me and my ignorance, but with the context clues from this episode, 
I knew, I knew, I knew something was going on. Um, that being said, for what the show presented, I think at the very least, with my critiques included, the show did a really good job at getting their story across in a very digestible way, where it didn't feel like you had to be a hundred percent knowledgeable on what was going on to understand the story. I'll yeah. say that much. Um, yeah, so we move on, and again, uh, I'm Team Diana. We move on to Diana's apartment where her and April are arguing, um, underst- rightfully so, because April exploited a nine-year-old girl who loves you. That's what got me. Um, yeah. And for April, to, her response to be, well, she... She wanted it or she was happy to do it or whatever. And Diana's like, but only one of you is an adult. And that, oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have nothing else to say. Fuck April, yeah. Team Diana. Yeah, I mean, she, okay, so the, um, we're given, I'm given this episode grief with some of the choices that specifically when they focus on race, you know, that that's, that's an issue. But there were a couple of lines in here, which I, you know, I kind of quoted them. I tried to quote them verbatim mm-hmm. where, and this is one of the scenes where she said, you said she, you exploited a, a nine year old girl who adores you. Yeah. There's so much packed in that. And it just, you know, it kind of hits, it kind of mm-hmm. hits her and it hits home. And I thought that, and like you said, it was Diana getting to the core of what April did yeah. and the consequences. You know, just like I said, one sentence. You know, it's just like, you know, a jab to the face, a jab to the kidney. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and then she finally did what I've been wanting her to do. Talk about character development. Yes. Um, kick her ass out. She yes. pulled a marker. Yes. Um, so I was ha- I mean, I kind of... <laughs> I was happy about it, but then they showed um, um, Maya's face. Yeah, and she she was like, "Okay, she's a child, so she don't like arguing." But I like the fact that she kicked her freeloading ass out finally after. Yeah, and then, and this was the scene where she admitted that she um, she stole the ring. Oh, she pawned. Is it? Yeah. She, mm-hmm. she yeah. yeah, yeah, because she and it was like throwing Maya under the bus. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're at least, I don't know, let's say 30. You're, or I'll just, I'll give you 20. I'll give you 27. You're in your late 20s. You are an adult. Like, because she has powers doesn't make her more adult than nine years old. She's just a nine-year-old with powers. Like, ooh, that April is trash, man. Yeah, that was a garbage move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate yeah. that. So... <laughs> Mm. Um, so then we move on to the 4400 Center where Matthew was talking to some woman, which I don't understand. Why isn't this secretary woman the drug addicted girl who Sean got cleaned up? Like, I feel like she would do better in this role. Why do we keep seeing these random women when you should just put her in this role? I don't. That's frustrating me. But whatever. We get this lady who tipped off the media to the uh, emergence of the new 4400 guy who is the healer, a.k.a. Edwin. Um, And it's a very Matt, Olivia Pope type move. 
um, where he's like, yeah, we can't let it get back that we the ones we are the ones who uh, leaked this, but that's the best way that they know how to save him um, or to protect him or whatever, or to make sure Intact doesn't get control of him. I think is what he said. Um, interesting. So, uh, oh, he also says, well, where is uh, Sean? And he's like, well, he's off handling personal business. And then, yeah, we we get him at his mama's house. Yeah, yeah, Sean at his his mom and his hating ass. Um, wait, no, this is no, that's after. Yeah, yeah, he yeah goes that's to see it. His mom. Yeah, he goes to see his mom. And that was uh, touching for me, but yeah, I was I was happy to see them together because I I mean she she is definitely like a, I hate you know she is she's the mom. You know the actress is playing the mom, but she is kind of a bit player in yeah. in this whole thing. But to see Sean actually reconnect, at least with his mom, I thought was a pretty was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I like Danny this episode. I hate to say it, but I liked him. I really liked him this episode. So yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the plot twist. So we get to the next scene near the black woman. Who's clearly African because she's wearing some printed nightgown with zebra prints and flowers and she's yelling in an accent, murderer, because Edwin's face is on the news as the top story of the guy who can heal babies in utero. Um, Some racially ambiguous girl runs in and she's like, he's the one who killed your parents. And that's that. What? What? What's up? What's up with this? <laughs> I mean, they, uh, okay, so the, the funny thing is, um, I don't think she was a bad actress, but mm-hmm. I just felt that um, it was a weird way to close the scene. I don't know, maybe it was the acting. I mean, I, <laughs> because the thing is, it's like, he didn't really kill anybody. He At allowed all. the people to get killed. I mean, to get killed. Anyways, um, anyways, he fucked up, and now he is, um, he's caught up. You know, somebody does real. You know, that's why he wanted to keep his life private. Yeah. Um, because he was a part of this whole thing. Like, because so when she's yelling murder, it is like very overly dramatic. Yeah. But I guess she can't. Like, she can't effectively yell at the TV. Accomplice to murder. Yeah. Accomplice to murder. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it doesn't I, have the uh, same effect with murder, murder. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, and since we kind of, we talked about the scene already, um, the scene with Richard and the soldiers talking is, um, uh, da, 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 is, the, is the scene right after this one. So Richard yeah. and the soldiers. So we kind of, kind of dealt with that. You know, kind yeah. of that yeah. ad nauseum. So, um, so right after that is they're back at Intac, and um, Jarvis is being chewed out by a couple T'Chaka. of black people. So yeah, I'm like, they never establish who these people are. It's mm-hmm. just like they don't. I put down like Rwandan ambassador, but why would the Rwandan ambassador be in Seattle? And it just, I was just kind of wondering, you know, anyways, it, it's somebody who I guess has told them, like, this is who this guy is. And y'all need to do something about it. Yeah. 
Um, but it turns out, I mean, do you want to do the rundown or do? Oh, go ahead, take it away. <laughs> okay, so I, I get the shitty <laughs> the news of the episode. <laughs> um, so basically, his real name is Edwin Musinga, and during the um, and he starts to tell the story because they bring him in. Um, and basically, no, basically, what happens is the. And he has he is a war criminal. I mm-hmm. think they say he's a war criminal. And Rwanda basically he got warrants. Yeah, he got warrants. And uh, before like some really horrible stuff. So basically, at the height of the um, or actually at the beginning, it seems like at the uh, the beginning of the Rwandan genocide. Um, and I know if people are listening to this, you know they I'm they might say I'm wrong, but I'm trying to get this right based on what I what I know and what they said in this episode. Yeah. So he was a doctor during this time, and he and he explains that he was a um, it was a, it was the Hutu mm-hmm. and the uh, Tutsis. Yeah. And so during basically he was approached by a um, I guess Hutu um, soldiers to use his place like basically he was supposed to tell these soldiers that if any Tutsis um, came to his hospital that he was supposed to tell these soldiers so that they could deal with them and he gave the explanation that he had been hearing about his, you know, Hutu brothers and sisters being killed by the Tutsis, but it was like propaganda, and that they had killed a the president. president. Mm-hmm. And so he was already like seeing blood. Yeah, you know, he was just like, you know, fuck these motherfuckers. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so anyway, so when the Tutsis came, who had already been, you know, just fucked with, um, when they got there, he called them. He called the soldiers back, and he knew what they were going to do, and he just allowed these people to be massacred, mm-hmm. which apparently included the parents of the, um, like I said, the racially ambiguous woman mm-hmm. who runs into the room and her grandmother is yelling, murderer, murderer. Yeah. So basically, he let a bunch of people get murdered, and for those listening to this, um, definitely do the homework about the Rwanda genocide. It's, it's, a, it's a really fucked up affair. Um, but a lot of it, and it's very, they, it's much more, I guess, in depth. There's a lot more behind, you know, what happened. But at the end of the, at the end of everything, it, it was a sh- shit ton of people yeah. who were, um, who were massacred, who were killed, and it was, it was genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there, um, and I always, you know, I, I did watch Hotel Rwanda. It's a hard watch. Yeah. It's um, it's it's a hard watch. I mean, it's it's something that definitely it's a it's a well done movie, but it you know it talks about a very kind of I guess you know for lack of a better term, fucked up period yeah. of time for like a country you know the African continent. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so that's basically what his part in it was, and you know, and like I said, they they've had warrants out for him and. He actually has been living under a false name. Yeah. Uh, and so at this point, this is where I'm going to tag you in and say, huh. I have, I'll follow my, my, what I wrote down is Tom is angry as fuck. <laughs> so yes. I'll let you take it from yes. There. So fuck Tom. 
So, while Edwin is giving this story, I do have to admit my bias that he is a black man in a, all intents and purposes, police precinct being interviewed. So, I did automatically empathize with him. Once I found out what happened, I still empathize because the situation is not black and white. Um, what's even more frustrating is Tom, during this entire uh retelling of what happened is interjecting with his own um, ideas how he's angry and mad well that pisses me off because Tom you should be better at collecting yourself than you are because you're interviewing someone who is both a victim because he's a 4400 and he's a not suspect um, let's just say criminal for all intents and purposes but you, it, I've watched Law & Order enough to know that this is not correct. Like, you shouldn't even be in the room if your emotions have you so high that you can't let this man get his story out. Um, the man insists on doing so, which is cool. But I was very pissed off because this entire time, again, this episode comes from a place of privilege. Why are you this white man... You have everything under the sun to say about this black man and his experience and his dealings over some shit that has never come up on this show at all. You have never, even the 4400 who were at, like garbed or visibly coded as African, never got speaking roles. Y'all never discussed, oh, Kevin is over in Africa who returned from 1962. That was never discussed. And so all of a sudden, the sky is caving in because this man is a war criminal. Um, additionally, the whole time he's interjecting, I'm thinking, just wait till the fuck you find out what your son has done. Let's keep that same energy. Let's keep that same goddamn energy once we find out what the fuck your kid did. Um, it, I, <sighs> Yeah, like he uh, he gonna be deflated, uh, and that ain't a spoiler. That's how I feel. I can't even remember his reaction, but I know he's gonna be deflated because like his whole thing, justice, with her, like justice, 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 justice. And, right. Um, I was like, that must be the fucking word of the day. Yeah. Um, it just um he and that's is another line that I I, I gave the writer because like I said, there are a couple of like. There were things in here that I was like, shit, man, this is, I wish I had done this. He says, we're saving the future, but we're leaving justice behind. Fuck. You know, Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Within the context of, like, his kind of fucked up, like, his his newfound yeah. um, honor, mm-hmm. I think it's a perfect line. Yeah. You know, do I agree with it? No, but it's, I mean, it's, it goes in... You know, it's it goes it goes in tandem with how his, you know, he's like Captain America and Superman times ten in the scene. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. So, and Diana, as as we mentioned before, Diana's, and it's funny because like now, she's compared to where we were two episodes when we were in, you know, Alternate Earth, mm-hmm. you know, five hundred. <laughs> she is she is more like on the science end of things. And yeah. Actually, not, I can't even say in that episode she wasn't like analytical because she had the conversation with him about like, well, you know, the world back where you come from sounds very messed up. Yeah. But in this case, she's looking at it like, you know, 
we we need to study him. We need to find out if his abilities can be used. Yeah, you know that's a problem um, for me too. But yeah, yeah. What you say? I said that's a problem for me too, and it's not even just that he's a black man, but I can't ignore the group, the government group of all white people who are constantly experimenting, even though they are doing it on other people. When there's a black person involved, which let me go on record as being very concerned that there are not black women on this show. Every time somebody black shows up, it's a black man, which is cool, representation and all, but you end up capturing this person and trying to use them to your benefit. That has been the history of the 4400. This is what you've done. Um, so this whole... I, I When it came to the guy... Um, what was it? Who made you lose weight? I got that because his daughter was affected. You were trying to do it, make an antidote. But for things like this where it's like... Oh yeah, you can... You are able to help with healthcare... And get yourself 100 years in the future with... Uh, if you can harvest his blood and DNA... And figure out you know what to do with it. But black people don't have a good track record when dealing in scientific and medical spaces especially when it comes to our health I'm thinking the Tuskegee experiment what are you going to do with this man does he get compensated for you creating a drug based off his DNA and then how much of a say so does he get because we've either you go back to Rwanda or you help us out like what it yeah I, I didn't like it I didn't like it mm. yeah it's um I mean it's you know there's no shades of gray, you know, for them. It's just yeah. like, you know, it's it's a black and white, and it's just you go one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. It just, um, you know, so this that's the big twist or the big reveal of the yeah. episode. and I love it. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say after that, this is. The um, the other part that I liked, where I loved it. Danny, Danny is just I in my mind, he's just yipping. He's yipping like a little dog. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he and he's just like hey, 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 and you know, Kyle finally just gets into his his ass. He says, "I don't." He's like, "I don't want to hear you bitch anymore." Like you actually have a brother. Like you have a brother. You have a mom. You have yeah. somebody you can who can love you. You know, like shit. Families, your families can be shitty at times, and if they're really shitty, just leave them be. But if they, y'all just y'all beef, you know, you got a little beef going, just you know, chop that shit up and eat it. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's exactly what he tells them. So, and then Danny's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he just he doesn't have anything to say after that. You know. Yeah. And Kyle, the whole time is like he's in his head. He's thinking about something that. Is actually important. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I like that. I like that he stood his ground, even though, you know, he was kind of rude. But Danny was, like you said, being a fucking child. Nobody cares. Yeah. We're in college. Forget those issues. Um, yeah, I, I did like that. Um, and then we get a smaller scene, which is April packing her things while the maid dusts off a pitcher. I don't know. Um <laughs> And Maya's like, oh, why do you have to go? And it reminded me that, oh, yeah, I'm not a child. So my grudge I have on April, a child probably wouldn't have. Um, 
Maya's like, oh, but you apologized to me. Uh, why are you going? And I get her sadness because, again, this is the only other person you really know. Um, yeah. But I was like, oh, you forgave her all too quick. But she's a kid. So I'm. that's fine with me. I feel like, okay, maybe you've gotten in trouble before. So April yelling at you ain't really that different from you getting in trouble. Even though she's wrong. You want that family member, so I, I was okay with this, but I was even more okay with April leaving. Period. Yeah, yeah. totally so. That was she had overstayed her welcome. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it took her child. It took Maya gambling. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the gamble, but yeah, yeah. Um, so this is when they actually have the dinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean and um. Danny and mom, I don't even know her name, uh, at the dinner table, which it looks very, um, I used to watch Desperate Housewives when it first came out, the first couple seasons. That's what yeah. this scene is giving me. Very, very Desperate Housewives, generic suburban clothing, dinner table. I, I liked it. That's not a critique. It's just, it's, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Um, and this is where I start to like Danny again. Um, when him and him and Sean get to arguing, and um, yeah, I don't know. I just I like this whole scene. I, I can't explain. It. I just like seeing them as a family now versus in season one. So yeah, well, I mean that's one of the things. I was actually happy that they finally got them all back together because that was one of the things that I actually really liked about the series was you know the sense of family. Yeah. Know? Literally with Tom, his sister, and then, you know, all their boys, and then Alana, you know, when she comes in, mm-hmm. and then of the, um, you say, metaphorical family of the 4400. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, but especially, um, you know, Danny and his mom and Sean, I was just glad to, you know, see that. And I don't know if I've completely come around on Danny yet. I think he does, like, make some better decisions yeah. in this episode, but... Um, yeah, I thought it was a nice thing. Yeah, same, same. Um, we move on to Intake, and Tom is having a fucking hissy fit. Uh, because we, okay, pretty much what's happening is that Rwanda is trying to get Edwin back. Uh, but we, we being Intake, have found a way to keep him because he, as long as he helps us with these genetic experiments. He's allowed access here or residency or whatever for exchange to not being sent back to Rwanda. Um, But I want to touch on a conversation that they had prior uh, after the interview in which Diana kindly let him know. Because Tom says something like, oh, we, we're we keeping him and he a criminal and um, he stood by and, and and let them people die. And what Diana said out her mouth was, he stood by just like our government, just like the governments all over the world. Yeah. And what that did for me is validate, and I hate that it had to be through this white woman again, nothing against Diana, but the fact that you're putting all of this onus on Edwin when there are so many other factors at play. Yes, Edwin has responsibility because he kept saying, oh, you didn't you you didn't fight back. You didn't. And I'm thinking this man is one amongst a military 
what did you expect him to do? If he had fought back and been murdered, his story would have never been told. You would have never known about this. You would have never cared. Because he didn't fight back, though it was wrong in a sense, doesn't mean now all the systemic issues that led up to this conflict, like Diana said, our government did not intervene. So many other governments didn't intervene. But because you got this one brown person you can be upset at, now you're putting everything on him as if he caused the entire conflict on his own. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that. Um, it, also, speaking to a more meta-ish, like the show as a whole, you finally bring in, and I guess you be careful what you ask for, but you finally bring in these African or these black characters, and then this is the story you go with. There has been so many other white men throughout the course of history who have done things the same, similar, and more devastating, but you bring in him for this story? Um, what's the guy who wanted to clean up the park in season one? You couldn't have done a story like that, but with a black man or a black woman. Like, you bring yeah. in this whole magical Negro, the Rwandan special episode of 4400 for the... Oh, man. I don't know. I just... Ah. It's to focus on him when there's so many other cult leaders and so many other historical, like, serial killers who've actually committed these crimes, but... Um, yeah, um, whatever. <laughs> um, so we're at uh, Edwin's house and he's getting, I don't, what the hell is Diana doing? Is she checking his blood pressure? What is this? Um, um, I'm not too sure. I don't know. She's checking his pulse. What'd you say? I don't, I don't know. Checking his pulse or something. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, um, there's a riot going on outside on his front lawn, and Tom is standing at the window. Which, first of all, this window, the curtains are open. These are floor-to-ceiling windows. You can easily, from the outside, look in and see where Edwin is sitting. Why, if you know people hate him, why, at the very least, are not are the curtains not closed? Thank you so damn much, because that was the first thing I noticed. <laughs> like, let me show off. The person yeah. you hate, you could have turned off all the lights. You could have been upstairs doing the exact same thing in a bathroom that didn't have windows or in a closet. You, yeah. you just put them on display at this point. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and he's standing by the he's standing by the window like Malcolm. Yeah, <laughs> like looking out. He's like, I bet you something. Well, oh shit, somebody threw a rock in the window. Yeah, um, somebody throws a rock in the window. And um, I, does the rock say anything? No, I think they just—it's just no. Animals. As soon as the rock goes in the window, police show up like immediately after. And Tom is outside, and this is another thing where I'm like the optics, the optics. So Tom is outside, and there is a crowd of black people at this man's window. If we are upset about his involvement in the Rwandan conflict, why are there not white people, black people, just a whole slew of just people? Is what are you saying by just having a lawn full of black people yelling at him? Is it they're the descendants or the relatives of the Rwandans who were killed? Um, but even if that's the case, why is all black people and Tom the only ones upset about this Rwandan experience? Yeah, 
you know, those are all the black people in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, um, clearly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I'm assuming they're supposed to be a part of the community. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. Um, I just I know one of the things is I like to watch people in the background of like large crowd yeah. scenes like this mm-hmm. and just see people who don't know how to act or who just overact. And yeah, there was a couple of that. There was <laughs> it was happening a little bit of the scene. And um, can we talk about that lady having a Fred Sanford moment? Please go ahead, because that was next. Yes. <laughs> she, the lady who, I'm pretty sure she threw the rock. Yeah. And that's what comes that I have a heart attack. Yeah. Anyway, um, the lady who yelled murder at the screen, her and her, I guess, granddaughter are at the, um, um, are there protesting. And then the grandmother, uh, she just has a heart attack. She has a heart attack and then um, winds up winds up dying. Yeah. Okay, that's um, not funny. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, no. Like I said, it was just random. Is because what happens is, is like, you know, that happens. Like she she falls out or whatever, and then Tom comes in, righteous Tom. Yeah. He gets in Edwin's face and says, "There was a lady out there whose parent, you know, who's you know, you killed." Her, I guess. What, yeah, um, her, but her, hold up. But before that, right when uh, when the old lady died or fell out, her daughter was like, "Yeah, he killed her." And I was like, "Okay, he was responsible for the Rwandan thing. He didn't kill this woman. She she died on his lawn." But yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. No, no. You got that was that was about it. I mean, um, it was it was very just random. Um, the um, and it's another source of the conflict that I don't think is it's not going to go anywhere. It's just like they just carted her body away in the yeah. wheelchair, not the wheelchair, the ambulance. And I think the whole point of that was to say like this is how much he's affecting, or um, you know, he's affecting the people outside. He he causes them to have heart attacks. And it's like, did we even check into her personal history? Was yeah, she eating salty foods. Was she? Did she get excited? <laughs> Usually it's just... Yeah. You know, it seemed like it was just too much. You know, I could deal with the rock being thrown in the window and the angry people. And even they could have had the scene where the, the granddaughter was like, you killed my parents. You know, that could have been something. But, nah, she... Um, yeah, yeah it, was just, it just seemed a little over the top. <laughs> but Yeah, very. I have a heart attack. So, um, the, what was even more over the top is Tom coming in the house, slamming this man against his wall. Why are you yeah. man again? If you're not emotionally able to deal with the situation, why are you? Why are you here? Yeah, yeah. I don't like him. <laughs> it just seemed like Tom lost his cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's and that, but you lose it against this black man. That again, yeah. I can't, I can't divorce the two. The fact that you you, what are you doing? What what? When did you get so? When did you become a Rwandan advocate? This has not been built into your character at all. You have not. Yeah, he saw that movie and got woke. Had to, had to. Maybe dealing with Alana, she she like I'm kind of spicy white or color adjacent like so, but where did uh, mm. Lana was teaching him <laughs> Lana was teaching she him she had to 
the next episode, he's going to come in. He was like, Diana, did you hear about Black Wall Street? That, that <laughs> has a whole dashiki on interviewing people. Exactly. I'm sick of him. I would love it. I, I hate Tom with all my heart. I hate everything about him. Like, for you to rough hand. And then the thing is, I don't, okay, I guess... I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm again. I'm just biased. But the thing that you're upset with him about isn't even something that happened on American soil. And not to say that isn't important. The Rwandan conflict was not important. But in the context of this show, for all the things that you've been upset and angry about and found to be passionate about, Rwanda is so far removed, especially from Seattle, that I I cannot make this make sense. It, it's yeah. I mean, like it's just his. They gave him something to be angry about, which fell in line with the plot. That's it. Sure. That that is it, and it's just sad. Like I said, it literally. We have already established that this episode was written yeah. like a year after Hotel Rwanda came yeah. out, <laughs> and then you know they have to have somebody who apparently disagree so I mean I'm not saying like you don't sit back and say that was fucked up yeah <laughs> but Tom is caping hard <laughs> very hard in a way that I he has a unk tattooed on his arm he listens to Erica Badu Bob Marley like he looked the ISIS papers he didn't read them all I just I don't know um <laughs> fuck him man uh so <laughs> What I like is how Diana is so level-headed. And I, and again, regardless to how you feel about yeah. the actual event, Diana is very much like, this is logically what we need. You need safe, um, safe passage away from Rwanda. We need you here for these experiments. We need to get you in a place where you are not attacked. Like, she's very level-headed and well actually about it. He's very all over the place, which whatever, we've established he's crazy. But, um, when we move on to the next scene, this is kind of the same conversation being had, but by Matt and by Kyle. and Or Sean, excuse me. And we're okay so a few things happen here we're discussing we're still discussing Edwin and his abilities but also his past has come out and Sean's issue is well we're just accepting him because he's a 4400 and would we have accepted him if he was a 4400 with no abilities and I thought that was a very interesting question to ask race aside because of his past is he not welcome and I think that's something we haven't addressed since that serial killer who was killing those women got caught because I think really that's been the only other like coded as bad person type of 4400 person we've gotten I believe I mean I the lady from the carrier episode but but that was oh I'm sorry go ahead no, no, I know. I was gonna say. I, I think I know what you was gonna say, but I, the only reason I could see her as maybe being coded as like semi bad is because when she started quoting fucking scripture, talking yeah. about let's cleanse the earth, mm-hmm. like that's when she became. That's when she moved into the bad guy status from yeah from being like you know put upon not put upon um like she had been fucked up like yeah. she had 
she had dealt with some stuff. She was dealing with anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. you know, sense of worthlessness. But Which then, is problematic uh, to code. That is bad, too. That's yeah. problematic. But even with her, yeah. her issue was more of an acute issue and not a chronic one where she did this thing and then we addressed it right away because people's lives were at stake. She wasn't asked to join the 4400 Center, whereas Edwin's is a more chronic, consistent kind of story that now is um, nationwide or, or on a national stage. But, yeah, I... I, I I still. What do you think? Because Matthew's answer to that question is, "You're the leader. You tell me if he would have been accepted if he did not have powers." Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that that's more likely no because they they don't have any use for him. He's a problem. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a problem with no benefits. Now he's a problem with benefits. Yeah, and everybody wants those benefits, and they're going to toss whatever to the side. I mean, like I said, that's the history. It's partly the history of this country. Yeah, it is, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, when I say partly, there's a whole lot of also fucked up shit that goes in hand with that, but we're good with turning a blind eye to, yeah. you know, all the bad stuff in the world as long as it benefits us. Absolutely. So that's, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's America. Yeah, so, this is America. And yeah, and that's essentially what he asked him and the other thing about that scene though is first of all Sean doesn't like lose his shit he says straight up like you know I don't like what this guy's done and then also he might be a problem for us because Matthew was talking about like good PR good PR good PR like this is bad PR possibly to bring him on board um, because of his background but the other part of that is Sean cannot, he is not in a position where he can now just voice his opinion and somebody else makes a decision on that. That's what Matthew says. He's like, okay, so you want to keep talking and shit. Okay, you want to be bad and shit. Yeah. And make a decision, motherfucker. And then yeah. that's essentially where he tells him. Like, he straight up tells him, like, this is you. <laughs> this yeah. is you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, don't come clapping at me talking about what's good and what's bad. Make a decision. And let's move the fuck on with it. Yeah. And he does. He does. <laughs> so, to mm-hmm. his credit. Um, way better than his uncle who has years of experience with possibly Ugh. on this earth. Yeah. And that's another, that's actually another part of this episode that I liked. Is that, you know, he he decides to go the, you know, the way that he does. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, Matthew is good for that. Matthew is good for getting into that ass. Yeah. And just saying, like, you're not going to keep coming at me with your self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, that's not rolling. Yeah. So, um, so I like that. I did like to say. Yeah, same, same. I think it was one of the better ones. Even though it was a bit short, it was still, it was to the point. It was, you make a decision, you the big boy now, you the leader, you the man in charge, so kudos to Matt. Um, Yeah, the next scene, again, talk about development, I love this. So this mother-daughter, Diana and um, Maya conversation, where I like, and okay, now I don't, I'm hoping I'm not reaching, but the conversation that Diana has is pretty much I feel like it's a conversation of consent and of knowing your worth or knowing what to put up with because yeah. she st- Maya's giving her the silent treatment because she kicked April out and her response is 
well she says she's sorry and even though Maya is a supernaturally gifted person Diana says you have a gift and you can't let people manipulate you something to that effect and I felt like that spoke a lot to just being an innocent person being a child knowing your worth and and knowing when to recognize when someone is manipulating you um and so Maya's very adamant about well she says she's sorry and such and such and I like how Diana's adamant about yes that may be true but still I'm supposed to protect you and so that felt very much like so many other issues that children could deal with well people in general but specifically children because Maya is a child and I, again, I'm not a, a woman and I'm not a young girl, so maybe there are conversations like this being had on TV shows and I'm just not privy to it or I'm just not paying attention, but this being right in my face is one of the first times that I can remember, not including the 90s, you know, Fresh Prince and whatnot, remember seeing a mother and daughter sit down and discuss something like consent and being manipulated and knowing your worth and and knowing to um when someone should be i don't know punished or whatever this is the first time that i can think of that this has come out so plainly yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's that yeah and i i, I liked you know and it, I, I did like her mentioning like we don't have much family <laughs> yes <laughs> we don't have much family so we we can't keep losing what we got yeah <laughs> so, yeah we all we got you know, i say yeah we all we got you know it's uh what's that new jack city we all we got <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's she been letting maya watch new jack city That's yeah great. i think so i think she did <laughs> oh man um yeah the one thing I didn't like, though, is that Diana, after Maya kind of pleads her case, she's like, oh, you know, do me a favor and stop being more grown up than your mom. And I felt, I guess I can agree with both of them. I'm like, y you as the adult know what you did was right. And though she has feelings about the response, it doesn't make her... I thought she was going to cave in and just let April come back because of what Maya said. And I was like, this that doesn't change that she used her and then yelled at her and also pawned your mother's ring. Like Exactly. I was like, was this like every every worse and she murdered the um the nanny. I don't know right. if you noticed that was a different nanny, Dustin, the uh, one paint one picture in the house. Yeah, like, and she, she went on she went on yeah. the murder spree. They just had her do every it's horrible thing. thing. Yes. <laughs> Fuck April, man. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so the next scene is Danny and Kyle back at school, and they're discuss. Well, Danny is discussing his dinner with his brother and his mom, and Kyle is still like, "Mel, give a fuck about that, man." Like he's so he's so rude. <laughs> he's so rude. Uh, but Danny's like, "Man, what the fuck is wrong with you? If I'm mad and and shitting on my brother, then you." cussing me out but then when I tell you I had a good time you cussing me out and uh and Kyle's like man I'm dealing with some shit I, I got my memories back and just pretty much explaining what's been going on with him without giving details and Danny is concerned and so that spirals into the last few scenes of the episode but I did like 
this interaction with them too. This is again why I say I like Danny more because even this interaction to me felt genuine. It felt like it didn't end well, but I, I believe that they were cousins. I believe that they were there for each other. Yeah. 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 Um, I, this might still be, you know, like to quote you, fuck Danny. <laughs> like, Danny is, he's just problematic. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I come around to him until he, um, until the end of the episode where he, you know, he, he and Sean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Intervention. Outside of that, I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, but, take him um, or leave him. Yeah, he's my he's my Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, with good reason. Oh man. Um, yeah. So we get another shucking and jiving ass scene. Um, what is this, uh, Lee? We get Lee and Richard visiting Lee at his nursing home where he's on oxygen and got. Diabetes. I don't know. What he has some condition. <laughs> he has emphysema. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Emphysema. My bad. <laughs> um. He's aggressively Spike Lee villain. Like very. He's like, yeah. White women. You don't touch our white women. I was like, what? You're dying. What are you? What is this? What? Yeah, you you go you go ahead with this because I I have thoughts. I have thoughts. You know it's funny because um, side note. So you said Spike Lee villain. Um, you know sometimes I think about um Tyler Perry villains. Oh okay um, yeah. <laughs> yeah Tyler Perry villains. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because like Tyler Perry and Spike Lee can't stand each other at all. So it's um, and it's funny because like sometimes they each have no sense of nuance. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to some of this stuff, but he's just like Lee Villains. Um, you know, um, he, yeah, he's definitely, he's not over the top, but he, he is written, I, I, I don't know, like, when, usually when it comes to, like, let's say the racist portrayal, yeah. uh, um, sometimes it, it could be like, maxed up to 10 yeah you know like um or it could be like very you know like very subtle and i think he was like somewhere in between yeah yeah i agree that's kind of like and i and i sometimes kind of prefer i mean i guess it depends on the context of what you're looking at like you know like all the racists and django are going to be like you know dialed up to 10 yeah times 10 versus i'm trying to think of you know something like Selma. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know something like Selma, or you know something else along those lines. Do the right um, thing. Should even um, the Bill the Butcher mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Gangs of New York, like mm-hmm. he, that's another dial dialed up to ten. You know, role. But anyways, right. um, yeah, but he was like in between. You know, the scale, and he. He mentioned the thing about like you know don't do the kissing you know that no black man and white woman should be kissing you know whatever yeah. and then he said something like you know we accepted you and I was like I would have pushed his wheelchair over and then yeah. walk the fuck up out of there yeah um it just and and it kind of but the only good that comes from the scene is that Richard is able to kind of close this book yeah because he was like there's no need for me to you know. He 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 did say that when he came back, 
<laughs> he was just like, you know what? I did think at one point of like finding you. Yeah, and like <laughs> killing you or something. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, and then um, you know, but then he realizes like this man is probably he probably ain't got much time left, and it looks like he he mentions that the nurse was surprised that somebody had come to visit him because mm-hmm. he doesn't have anybody. So yeah. it sounds like he was living a lonely, horrible life or existence. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm kind of there for it. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm tired of these cases where, you know, when it comes to like these discussions of racism or disenfranchisement of, of, of a people because of you know who they are you know the the quote unquote other and they can't smack these motherfuckers back like I you, there's only so many times you can keep hitting somebody before they swing yeah and I, that's why I was like if Richard had pushed that you know that wheelchair over they probably would have fired me from the Rogers room for suggesting that yeah. they would be like Robert it's um stabbed him in the neck yeah mm-hmm. yeah but so that that was that he just got some closure. So. Yeah, and I was okay with the way he ended. He was like, so long. And he just left. Yeah, he was like, he's like, got Oscars to win. That, so. that. Got a Rod Green book with the white. Yeah. yeah. No, um, yeah, so I, I, I liked that. I enjoyed that scene. Um, I wanted him to, like, stab him in the stomach or something, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um, Damn, Ray, I was just going to tip, tip his wheelchair over. No, nah, fuck that. I, I just watched The Boys. Shoot him up with heroin and walk away or something. Nah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm 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 with it. I'm with that. I don't know why I expected before this episode ended to check in with Lee again and him like feeling bad for his racist ways. I don't know if it's just TV has conditioned me to think that, but I just knew we were going to see him again. But we don't. So there's that. Yeah. Um. So we move on to Intech, and Tom has, for whatever reason, like a full six-foot poster board of all the victims of Rwanda laid out on a table. I, what is, what is this? A comic strip of Rwanda? Like, what is this? Um, and like Diana said, she's like, yeah, I know he's a war criminal. Don't rub my nose. And like, what do you, what do you hope to accomplish? What are you doing here, Tom? Um, so that happens, and then they're talking. Uh, what he says something about statistics. If you have a face to the statistic and make it more re- something like that, um, putting faces to the numbers. So they uh, get called into Car- Carmen San Diego's office, and um, this <sighs> pretty much we find out that Edwin is getting getting a pass, but they are unable to replicate his his healing factor but additionally every time he heals he's killing himself he's getting sicker and sicker um and that healing is eventually going to kill him so that was a new development in the third act um excuse me so we get some beating on the door oh i'm sorry what any thoughts on uh on this new this new uh, new information? Um, not really. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> not really. It was just their way to say exit stage left. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, pretty so much. Fun. Bye, Negro. I mean, 
You said what? I said by Negro. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that you know, yeah. I mean, it was um, because I once again, you know, I always say this. It's been a minute since I've seen these, and I did not remember that. I remember his ability, but I didn't remember the whole thing of you know him losing, basically killing himself with whatever with with every life that he's able to yeah. help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I think by this time I was just like, okay, well, I'm just accepting it and, you know, let's just roll on. Yeah. So. Um, the next scene is the intervention of Kyle. And I like this scene a lot. Um, with these cousins talking, like, I, I liked it. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, yeah. Well, I mean, it just goes back to the whole family dynamic. Um, and this is where I like Danny, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's um, you know that's that's his fam. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I like how Kyle, I'm sorry, Sean is. He offers Kyle a place at the 4400 Center, and it's not even. And uh, he says, "Oh, this is a horrible time to try to recruit me." He's like, "No, I. This is my business. If you need a place to clear your head." To not think about any of this. To disappear. Come to me. I got you. I got a car outside. And that felt real. Again, it felt genuine. It felt like like these three actors, I bought that they were all related. I bought that they had concern. Like, they sold me. They sold me. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I thought it was a, yeah, it was a good scene. And... Uh, Kyle saying, you know what, I I just gotta get my stuff in order so that I'll meet y'all there. So, um, would have been nice if he had accepted it, but hey, we don't have to Yeah, I, I was mad because I, I wanted him to, I, I believed him. Um, yeah, so that, <laughs> that happens. And, uh, then we go back to Hill Harper's house and we discuss what we just found out. You're gonna die if you keep healing. Um, and if you don't keep healing, you're going to Rwanda, where, of course, you will die. You will be murdered. Which I begs the question if he was the only person, like, in that entire conflict that did something like that. Because if he's... I, I get that he would be punished, but in the time that he's been gone, did we not maybe discover other people who did the same thing or something similar? Like, is he the... I don't know. I don't know. Confused. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. So he's willing to give his life up and he'll do it for as long as his body holds out. And I like that it's only Diana here talking to him. I I don't think we need another scene of time man handling yeah. this African accent um, so yeah. yeah and you know and, and that mm-hmm. that might have been you know done on purpose you know mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know saying like hey this is not a scene where somebody needs to get in his ass again right like we, we just, he's about to die yeah. <laughs> so and you know, in, in a way, well, they they tackle it and they they talk about it in another scene. Um, I don't let me. I was I can wait till we get there, but there's a comment that 
that she says to Tom, which kind of, um, I'm trying to think, incapacitate. In, 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 ah, Encapsulate? Yep, yep, that word. <laughs> Basically, you know, why, you know, things are more low key. Yeah. You know, there's not a need for him to be like, you know, I'm in your face because I agree, disagree with what you did and yeah. all that. Like, he, he's not a professional wrestler. Yeah, right, right. Scene, so. um, but yeah, yeah, they, um, and, but the other thing that she says, and I, if you mention this, I'm sorry, he, the whole thing of like, well, we might have something that you, you know, he doesn't want to go home. Yeah. And I, and, or because of the privacy issue, but she, uh, she's like, well, we have a solution for you. And then they go to the 4400. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that yeah. thing. I liked it. I really did. Oh, yeah, it was good. I mean, and then Sean, you know, at, at the end of the day, they still got what they wanted. Matthew, mm-hmm. in a way, with leaking that information, mm-hmm. he said we wanted he he wanted to control the narrative. Yeah. And at the end of that episode, <laughs> they got what they wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see, and Sean shakes his hand, and- which goes back to what we were talking about before. Where he's kind of handling a situation a bit better than his uncle. Yeah, and then Jordan, I think, I think better than Jordan too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that happens, and then we get to Diana and Tom walking through the elevators um, at Intech, and uh, she says, "Did you tell him or um, about his his condition?" And she said, yeah, I took him to the 4400 Center. I think he's better off there. Um, and she asked, how does it feel, Tom, that some babies will be saved and you'll get your pound of flesh? Um, and he's like, well, if you really want to know? Well, it feels like justice. And That's what I wrote now. Okay. Yeah, it feels like justice. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Superman. Yeah, it does. Um, Superman would have even been on this shit. Like, that's... <laughs> This sounds like some vindictive, yeah, like, Punisher. You know, fake wokeness. Yeah, <laughs> just, and it's just weird because, like, you know, y'all really did him a good service, even in the Carrier episode. But see, that's the other thing. In the Carrier episode, he mm. was the one trying to talk this woman down. He was trying to be nice. He was trying to be caring, compassionate. Mm-hmm. Diana took that shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She wasn't having that. Yeah. Yeah, and so then in the course of an episode, it's like that once again the roles are reversed again. Like I, yeah, sometimes I don't get the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's I didn't like so, it. Yeah, fun time, man. Because I bet next episode we ain't gonna hear nothing about this. You, your, your love and concern for Rwanda is gone with the credits exactly. of this episode. So exactly. Hmm. So. Um. Yeah. So fuck him. Uh, then we get Diana. Well, one we get Richard hanging up a picture of his old war buddies. Where did he get this picture from? I do not know. Um, but he hangs it up in his house or apartment, whatever. And there's that. Um, but then we get Diana walking to the bus stop, uh, not the regular bus stop, like the Greyhound bus stop, to talk with April. Right. I didn't like. Well, okay. I didn't. I feel like we didn't need this scene. I don't even think they needed to talk again. What do we have to talk about? Um, I mean, I didn't mind it 
I, you know, I, I know that they wanted to give this sense of urgency because, you know, Diana might not be able to tell her sister that mm-hmm. she, didn't, she didn't want her completely gone from her life. So, um, it was fine. I mean, yeah. At least for me. Mm-hmm. But, I hate yeah. April. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, like, it was all right. And, I mean, at least April gave you that single tear, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> post, put it, edit in post. No, um, yeah, that was okay, whatever. I don't know. I, I don't think we got enough scenes with them together to warrant this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I did think it was a good ending because you didn't write her off the shelf for good. She could come back at any time. Um yeah. But I didn't. I didn't buy it between them the way I do between Sean, Kyle, and Danny. Okay, mm-hmm. I can understand that. Yeah, and so she cried, and I said, "I'm sorry." And okay, whatever. Um, so I really thought Diana was coming to invite her back home, but she just left. Like, all right, well, take this ring, and I'll see you maybe in a year or so, twenty years or something. Um, well, that's what that's in keeping with. Um you know the kind of Diana period like she she has no fucks to give yeah like she because even when she left she said you still not gonna see my daughter anymore yes that's what I loved yes yeah yes mm -hmm. she said I accept your apology I know you're gonna try to you know hopefully learn from this but it's not gonna be at the expense of me having you spend any more time with my kid yeah because you are a horrible person you took advantage of a child so Yeah. yeah Yeah, I like that. I like that. Diana, Team Diana. Um, Yeah, um, we also find out that Kyle has um, run away from home. Yeah. On the run, too. So. So on the run, too. That's just like like the Black Lightning uh, kids. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, everybody on this show has to run away at least once. We know uh, Sean has run away, so now he's running this huge corporation. Um, Lily and Richard ran away, and now he's reconnected with old friends. She got a marketing job with the 4400. He's run away. I, I don't know. I don't even know. I can't even try to predict what's going to happen now. Like, I'm just at a point where I don't even. I've given up on predictions. <laughs> Period. I mean, after, like, after the. Um life interrupted episode or whatever it's called um, yeah I, you know I think all bets would be off after that like, yeah you have no idea because imagine I mean like over the past few episodes we had that one we had the one about the um uh the carrier mm-hmm yeah so every every story is not the same um but yeah yeah it's um it's, yeah. I like the variety of stuff. Yeah, same, same. And now that he's run away, we don't know what's going to happen. I like that because I, I, I can't predict. So I'm excited. And again, guys, I watch these shows right before we record, maybe a day or two. I don't. I will not be watching the next episode until we get ready to record again. I won't look at a synopsis or anything because I want to be um, surprised. And I'm sure I will be. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. This shit. Mm-mm. So, um, with that being said, what is what's episode nine? Do you have any favorites? A uh, favorite character? Um, favorite character. 
I um I like I really did like Diana this episode. Okay. Um Yeah, I might just have to might have to stick with her. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mine was between Diana and Edwin. <clears throat> um, excuse me, Edwin for obvious reasons. Um but I may have to go with Diana as well. And mainly because I think Edwin was a white man's version of a African who's taking responsibility for his badness. Where Diana was saying all the things I felt like Edwin should have been saying. Your government was nowhere around. They didn't do shit. The world didn't do shit. I was backed against a wall. Like she had all the lines that Edwin should have had. Um, So Diana would be my favorite for this episode. Uh, uh, what about a least favorite? Um, <laughs> it's a toss up between Richard's War Buddies and Lee. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, buddies and Lee. Okay, we can do them both then. Forget them. Um, yeah, I can see that. You already know mine is Tom. Period. Ugly <laughs> self, man. I hate him. No, man, for me it's Tom because Richard's war buddies and for me Lee was comical. He was a racist asshole, but he was comical. Um, and the buddies, I was offended by them and their presence. But for me, Tom, like their characters felt in line with whatever they shit is. Tom was just off the charts. Yeah. Random. So, fuck Tom. So, <laughs> um,. What about a favorite scene? Um, it is. It's gonna be another toss up. I like the initial conversation between Edwin and the doctor. Okay. Um, because I completely thought it was something else. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, that one. Yeah, that one's a favorite. I'm trying to think of a second one. Like, roll roll back around to me, and I'll probably remember. Okay, well, mine, hands down, is Diana and Tom right after that interview with Edwin. How she was like, yeah, what, you just want to um, scare him into not telling his story? Like, what do you hope to prove by this? And that's when she made the comment, um, yeah, he didn't, he could have done something just like our government, just like, the, like that's when they had that, bumping heads where it was like yeah you're upset but we have a job to do also this job means that we have to deal with some unsavory people sometimes and also get your head in the game and he said something and she was like yeah because I'm acting like you and it was I, it. that was my, yeah I knew that was going to be my favorite yes yes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, yeah but um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, no, nothing else really. Um, yeah, I mean, I like so overall. Like, it was a, it was a cool, cool episode. Was yeah, yeah, I agree. Enough. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, enjoyed it overall. Same, same. Um, this has me looking forward to what's coming on next. You know, the next episode. Um, and yeah. really, honestly, the end of the season because I'm, I'm interested to see what is episode ten going to be. And then how are we getting from 10 to the last episode? What is the, the big cliffhanger now that we are wrapping up some of these stories? So, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man so I don't know um y'all use the hashtag al4400 al4400 and let us know your favorites of this episode your least favorite your favorite scenes and all that good stuff um what is your uh uh so social media Jesus Christ we're so <laughs> my uh, was for like social media, Twitter, um, SYNCHRKJ, and then also well, I always tell people just go to my website, yeah, you know, Robert K. Jeffrey, J E F F R E Y dot com. Everybody spells it E R Y, it's R E Y for Robert <laughs> K. Jeffrey dot com, and that'll get you to all my you know social media stuff, yes, 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 y'all. Yeah, and of course me, it is Carefree Blurred on Twitter, Carefree Black Nerd and all other social medias. Um, hit me up, check out the shows before and after this one on the feed. Uh, be sure to tweet us and let us know what your thoughts are on this episode, uh, what your thoughts are about the show in general, all that good stuff. And uh, I don't know, man, just stay away from Tom, bruh. Stay away from Rwandan Edwin and Tom. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, until next time, guys, I want you to stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and uh, come back next week. All right.